0: Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now, UCF News, Views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey Go Knights Adams and Christian Charge On Simmons. Welcome into episode one ninety. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at baileyjadams twenty two at by Simmons at Night Sports Now and at Pegasus Podcast. This isn't my normal background. I am in Mobile, Alabama, covering the Senior Bowl with Pewter Report. Um, so we've squeezed time in here. Um, everyone else is out right now. And it's just me here at 9.52 my time, 10.52 Christian's time. And it's, been, it's a late night pod for UCS 2024 schedule release.
1: Is this the latest podcast we've done that wasn't a postgame pod? It might be. I think we did when we did this last year when I was in Mobile, I think it was later. Was it even later? I think think we almost, I think we crossed into like midnight your time. Don't ever tell us we're not committed to podcasting. Like Bailey's doing a job out in another state and his coworkers are all out partying (laughs) right now. And Bailey's back in an Airbnb that Bailey told me before we got on, he was worried might be haunted. And I I wouldn't say that. You pretty much did.
0: It's a very old house and it creaks when I walk anywhere. And when I walk into the living room, there's a shelf. And when I take a step across from the little dining room area into the, into the room, there's a shelf and whatever's on that shelf
1: just rattles. So I don't know how this house is still standing at some points, but what I'm rooting for from this podcast is while you're talking and we're just doing this and recording, we just hear a creak off screen somewhere else in the empty house. I think that would be the funniest thing. It'd be good content. It'd be bad for you, but it'd be good content. So
0: it's already happened. It wasn't on the, on the podcast, but so I got dropped back off here to, to record the podcast. And then I was just in the bathroom real quick and I, I heard something upstairs. It sounded like a dripping noise. I don't know if the sink is like kind of on, but I didn't enjoy that.
1: So it, it's, whew, it's not good. Yeah. No. Being alone also, at night is just always scary. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm making myself sound like a scaredy cat by saying that, but it's just, it's gen- it's generally scary. Even when you're in like your own home, I just don't like yeah, it. But I never I, have. It's
0: just, I don't think it's, I mean, I've gotten used to it at this point because I live on my own, but I just, I don't know. It's, it's the fact that I'm in another city then I don't know at all. And it's just like, I don't what know.
1: What does that even sort of have to do with it? Like, it's you're still know. inside a house. You're just like, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what, like, yeah, where to if go. If the house if something is haunted.
0: Happens. Yeah, but I was going to say, if the house is haunted and something's chasing me and I run out the door, I'm not going to know where to go.
1: Are you in like a rural area or are you in like a neighborhood?
0: Like a neighborhood. You're fine then.
1: I guess. You actually had one of the. Wait, can I say this on the podcast? I don't know
0: what you're talking about. So we'll. Find this,
1: the scary thing that... Ha- I love how off the rails were earlier. The scary thing that happened to you when you lived in the house in Orlando with the person.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, That was, was
1: That's still the scariest thing. I've Like, really, like... We'll, we'll I don't do know if I want to talk about it. Uh, we okay. got to talk about it now that we don't know. We got to talk about it since
0: since we've, we've referenced We'll cover it in, like, but... 30
1: seconds. And I swear we'll actually talk about football. But it was just funny you mentioned that because of all the people who've, like, had a creepy thing happen in the house, yours is by far the scariest thing of anyone I know. And it was that guy.
0: Yeah, so something... Oh, man. The quick story uh living in the house with my friends in Orlando back in 2020 2021 uh all of a sudden our power goes out and we didn't know why and it come it comes back on I don't even remember the full story at this point but all I remember is is what it ended with is I was like something's up here something's weird because someone had switched has the someone had turned off like the power like the breaker and we were it was like out an outside one someone had turned it off um and We didn't know why. So I went to sleep eventually. I was like, I was pretty scared, but I went to sleep. Um, And we, I wake up at like 2 a.m. Or maybe like, I don't know, like 30 minutes after I went to sleep. Who knows? And I hear somebody talking and it's my, one of my roommates is on the phone with the police. Because as it turned out, everybody was about to go to bed. I was one of the first to go to bed. Everybody else was about to go to bed. And they just kind of saw a guy like walking down the sidewalk and kind of like looking into the house through the door. And they were like, um, and so like a person grabbed somebody else in the house and was like, let's go look, let's go figure it out. They go out there and look down like the street. No one there. They look and they see the guy like up against the house, just like for YouTube viewers, this is going to be like a little demonstration. He's like sitting up against the house like this. And they're like, Bailey, like hey. has himself
1: flattened against a wall right now is what yeah, he's doing they're
0: like. The they're listening. like, hey, we can call the police if you keep doing this. And he didn't like he kind of like, I don't know if he like mumbled something, you not really say anything. And then I guess he just left. I don't know where he went. And the police came and they're like, oh, do we can really do about it.
1: But <laughs> like My favorite part gone, about that so. story was, because when, when you first told me about it, it was like then like a day or two after this happened, you somehow were like alone in the house. Like all the roommates had vanished and you were just like, Hope nothing happens to me. And I was like, that's encouraging. Like good attitude.
0: Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's the thing is we, uh, I don't know, everybody was gone for some reason. And yeah, you and I went to a Lindo City game and you, you were dropping me back off. And I was like, yeah, there's just no one here.
1: And I um, thought you were going to die because I was trying to get you. I was like, just come back to my place, like for the night. Like, let's not do this. Yeah. You're like, it'll be fine. I remember you walking up to your door from my car and I'm just like, I wonder if I'm ever going to see Bailey again. But luckily I did. <laughs> and the podcast continued. But Glad
0: we told that story. Now I'm paranoid. But hey, UCF's 2024 schedule came out uh, today. It did. Uh, Tuesday as we're recording this. And yeah, let's talk about it. I can just run through it real quick and then we'll talk about our takeaways. Um August 29th, home against New Hampshire to kick off a season a Thursday night, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, move from Saturday to Thursday. September 7th is family weekend against Sam Houston. And then the following weekend, they open up conference play at TCU. Then there's a bye week, and then it's home against Colorado September 28th. And then October 5th is the game that we knew about at Florida. Then come back home on August, October 12th against Cincinnati. That's the military appreciation game. So Florida and Cincinnati in back-to-back weeks is interesting. They're going to be fun times online in those two weeks. Uh, October 19th at Iowa State. October 26th, home against BYU for homecoming. November 2nd, Arizona is the space game. Uh, November 9th at Arizona State. November 16th, which is a second bye week, which I didn't know about. Everyone has two this year. Uh, Then November 23rd at West Virginia. And November 29th, which is Black Friday. They're back on Black Friday, home against Utah such a weird schedule but it's like
1: it's odd it's kind of electric it's much well that's fair to say i think it's much better than last year's schedule both from a favorability to ucf perspective and just from an opponent's and cool games perspective this is this probably the best schedule in ucf history i do have to say just from a twitter perspective doing colorado florida cincinnati and iowa state in four straight four straight weeks so obviously cincinnati and florida are going back years Iowa State and UCF have gotten in like a bunch of Twitter dust-ups now, including UCF calling out Cyclone Larry like three separate times in their yeah. schedule reveal video now. And then Colorado, they keep UCF and them keep fighting on Twitter over who's the real black and gold team. So that that's going to yeah. be a lot for Twitter. That's just going to be a solid month. It's going to be like going into BYU and Arizona and Arizona State after that. Three teams that UCF has no connection to. It's going to feel like such a relief on social media after that stretch.
0: Yeah, it's and we talked about the the start of the season before and kind of just how boring it is like New Hampshire and Sam Houston in back-to-back weeks. Um, but then it ramps up. Like you go up in at TCU. Way. Yeah, at TCU. Then you have the bye. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, Colorado, Florida, Cincinnati, Iowa State, and uh, BYU back for homecoming. It's going to be crazy.
1: So um, I will say the worst feature of the schedule to me is no bye week before Florida because the SEC did give Florida that week off. And that, I I don't know, different people – have different opinions on how much having a bye before a game matters i fall into the camp that i think it matters significantly and i i genuinely feel worse about that game what also sucks is while you so ucf will play florida who has a bye week and ucf does not while ucf is playing florida cincinnati will be doing nothing because they also have a bye week before playing ucf so ucf is going to have to play two weeks in a row teams coming off of buys to face them and it happens to be the two teams on the schedule who we hate the most so that's frustrating but (laughs) Other than that, it's a pretty solid schedule. It works out pretty well. It's unfortunate that all of the West Coast teams don't really get down to Orlando until like November when the heat isn't going to really be a factor. But as far as bye weeks, that second bye week coming between two road trips, you'll have a bye between at Arizona State and at West Virginia. That's awesome. That makes me feel better about both those games. They also have a bye week before their Big 12 home opener. Those could have been placed worse. I think both of those provide pretty solid opportunities for them.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think Iowa State being in October, I don't know what the... Uh, temperatures are like in October, mid-October. Well, it's better I than November. Do, because I, would I think. looked it up.
1: The average high in October in Ames, Iowa is 63, average low of 40. In November, it's high forty-eight, low twenty-eight. So getting that yeah. game in October, not November, is gonna go from gosh, it's a little cold. UCF players probably won't like this to we'll just pencil in the L. So I'm I'm good yeah. with that being in mid-October.
0: Yeah, and this is bad because I told you this earlier. I was like, I looked at the first six games and I'm like I could see him going six and zero, but th- yeah. they're not going to go six and zero. But I was like, I could see them going six and zero. It's it's kind of like that, and it's it's just weird how and that's how much parity there is just in the league. Is it's like every year you're going to go in and be like, we'll go somewhere between three and nine and eleven and one. I don't know, somewhere in that one range. Of those.
1: Yeah, can I give you a really hot take? Yeah, I think that worst case scenario they're going into the Florida game three and one. Based on what we know right now, both about UCF's roster and TCU and Colorado's rosters, I think that's the worst case scenario. And I think there's a very real chance they're four zero, which is cool because that'll add some hype to that game. Maybe UCF is ranked because they'll get some sort of boost for beating Deion Sanders on ABC in front of 10 million people, since that's just what happens when Colorado plays football, even though they're not very good. I don't know, but it is funny what you said because I I looked at the schedule. My gut instinct was I can see a six and zero start. Then I look at it and I tweet this, and I look at it a half hour later and I'm like I'm seeing three and three now through those first six games, and it's just. That to me is the number one thing that I think is going to be tough for UCF fans to deal with in this new era is, I'll say it, I think that I genuinely believe that as of right now and what we know about UCF and other teams, I believe that UCF has assembled a roster that is capable of winning the Big 12 this year. I'm ready to say that. Now, That doesn't mean it's true because you only know so much we can get there. And it turns out, whoops, they missed on their O-line commitments and the O-line sucks. Or whoops, all of the 19 linebackers they brought in are bad. Like there, there are things that can make this not the case. But as of what we know right now, UCF has a roster that I believe can win the Big 12. Back in the AAC, when we said that about UCF, it was like UCF has a roster that can win the AAC, And maybe one or two other teams also have a roster like that. And then everyone else can't. And it's kind of still like that in the ACC. It's even like that in the Big Ten. In the Big 12 right now, there are like eight teams (laughs) who... Who genuinely believe and are probably correct that they have a roster to win the Big Twelve. The Athletic released their two early top twenty-five today, and they have Utah at number nine, Oklahoma State at number 10, Arizona at number 13, Kansas at number eighteen, Iowa State at number twenty-four. All those teams right now think they can win the Big Twelve. There's also Kansas State, and West Virginia who did not appear there, who also think they can win the Big Twelve. That's half the league, including UCF. So I, I think the tough part about the schedule is UCF can do everything right. And have the right roster and the conference is so deep that it you're just going to need some luck to go your way too so i i i don't know i i I look at the schedule and it could be a 10 and 2 schedule it could also be six and six because four plays go differently over the course of the season
0: even at the very basic level take the winning the big 12 out of it you just look at i think pretty much every conference game yeah i probably would say every conference game i could see ucf winning or losing all of them yeah like it's it's bizarre
1: yeah I, I, I don't really, know. I, I mean, no. there's, it's kind of similar to last year. There's no, there's not a single, which I think it's just the way this is going to be every year. There's not a single big 12 game on the schedule where I'm like, I'll pencil that in as a W. I'm not even worried about that one. The closest I feel to that is Colorado. And even that one, I'm still not sure. The closest I felt to it was Cincinnati, honestly. I don't know what's going on Cincinnati. I was because like you saying that comment, I spent a good chunk of today, a good chunk. I spent a half hour going through their 247 site and reading, trying to get a read on what Cincinnati's supposed to be this year. And as far as I can tell, they don't even know their own media and fans don't really have a read either. So I don't know. Cincinnati might, I don't think Satterfield's a very good coach. So maybe they'll be bad again. That would be splendid or they might be good. I don't know. No idea. I, I
0: really don't. Um, what else can we get through? I mean, I, I think,
1: the. I didn't, did they
0: announce the space game with the schedule last year? Because I don't remember. I don't think they did. So no, because I remember us arguing about we were, it for a
1: little we bit. Were, yeah, we were talking about it on the podcast. So for them to announce that early, I was kind of surprised. Well, last year was also because there wasn't a clear game where it made sense because they always try to have it around like end of October, early November, whatever that home game is, and there just wasn't a home game where that made sense yeah. for it this year, and they ended up having to have it later in the season than typically like. So I figured when we saw the schedule, it would be BYU or Arizona, and it is. Arizona. Um, They are testing the space game magic, buddy. <laughs> they're, they're, they, I, I, do you think it's like they're emboldened by what happened with Oklahoma State and now they're just like, there's power to this game and we should use it? Because Arizona, if you don't know, if you're not a big college football fan, you're more of a UCF fan, they went 10 and three last year. They did lose their coach. They lost Jed Fish, who was a very good coach, but they hired San Jose State's head coach. And that was generally considered a good hire. And what's very unusual for the portal era is they didn't lose their best player. They lost a lot of good players, but they didn't lose Noah Fafita, who's their quarterback, who's very good. Their second best player, who I believe is a running back, they also didn't lose. They finished number 11 last year. That's like Arizona thinks they can win the Big 12 this year. And and UCF could have just put the space game one week earlier against BYU. That's probably a lot more palatable of a game, but they're 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 bought in on the hype, and I kind of respect it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I thought last year, I thought for sure it was over. Like I thought oh, the 100%. streak was over, and I, I did not at all see that coming, what, what we saw against oklahoma state so yeah they're testing it there's a a heat check and we'll see i mean
1: it's a literal but it is it's a literal heat check like i can tell that they're just like let's see (laughs) like it seems like they can't lose these games let's try it
0: yeah i also have to say for for anyone watching the video version of the podcast you were watching me essentially have an allergy attack in real time like i don't know since we got like five minutes into this podcast my nose has started to itch and my eyes have started to water so you're getting a treat if you're on the video version but is that a treat no it's not it's it's awful um well let oh. me read you
1: a space game thing really quickly because this was on twitter and i found it enjoyable jason Shear, i think that's how you pronounce his name is the publisher of wildcat authority that's the 247 site for arizona if you're on twitter you've probably him a lot. seen him a lot yeah. because he yeah. really <laughs> has planted himself in the Big 12 media space, especially when the realignment stuff was going on. He was always very pro Arizona to the Big 12 and would get in fights with the Pac-12 media. So you probably seen him a lot. He tweeted earlier today, it appears Arizona is the space game for UCF. I have no idea what that means, but UCF fans are very excited. So I I am even more excited for because one thing I thought about is- He is, found out. He, he's going to find out. And I, got, and I got to say, I love an Oklahoma State fan just replied thoughts and prayers to that tweet. It was cool to see all the Big 12 teams sort of learn because the space game last year, partially because of the opponent and partially because of them being in the Power Five, it was definitely the most national attention the space game has gotten, just because it was now a Power yeah. Five team. I have a tradition, big opponent. They got a big win. The uniforms were awesome. And now that we get to do this again, and now it's the four pack 12 schools being like, what the hell is this space game thing? And like, they're going to find out. And and I can't wait for that. I I, I really can't wait.
0: The other thing I thought was cool about today was UCF put out the like their schedule release video, and they did, of course, did a good job. With the content team, always does really well. There were like other Big Twelve fans watching it, and like the, I think it was a lot of it was Cyclone Larry thing. Which if you're not on Twitter, I don't even know how to explain it to you. Means nothing if you're um, not on Twitter, and I don't know how to explain yeah. it either. So I'm sorry. <laughs> but people were like, "Oh man, we have to like UCF now." Like UCF may be all right. Like I don't, I think they just like really start to respect. UCF, just I don't know, being in tune with memes or something. I was just like being in tune with memes. That's what it was. It was like it was like oh wow, like UCF is like that. Like everyone was like complimenting the video, and of course, I mean the content team did a good job, but that was kind of funny to see.
1: Well, I was going to save this for tweet of the week, but I'll say I'll say it now. I I a thought I had today was really I feel like UCF fans take for granted how insane the content team here is, just with everything, with every little day to day thing, because. It's so strong all the time, both from keeping UCF relevant to just having fun memes and and turning things into events and also just giving UCF fans amazing graphics in the most mundane tweets. Like I was looking around today as all the big 12 teams, all 16 of them, which is sort of crazy, were revealing their schedules and so many of them, like most of them, their accounts were our Big 12 schedule is here, exclamation point. And then just a a, a chart with their schedule. And, and that's just so foreign to me because of the effort UCF's content team puts into all this stuff. And I really feel like we take it for granted. And, and you saw it happening today too, because uh, like you said, a lot of other Big 12 fan bases, especially the Pac-12 teams were like, hey, this UCF is like, cool. That's interesting. Didn't know
0: that. What was great about it was they had the video, which was great. It was like three and a half minutes long, almost four minutes, I think. Great and video. then there was also just the graphic. It was at the end of the video, but they also put the graphic itself. And it was like, UCF's literal opponents and it's like just the funniest images of these different opponents, like literally what they are. And like, it, it was just, they're so good at it. It's, it's
1: kind of crazy. It's ridiculous. They, um uh, they, they need to be. So this is what, this is bad podcasting because you went to take a sneeze and my reaction was to pause for your sneeze instead of keep <laughs> talking, which I think is the worst possible thing that I could have done there, but it's fine.
0: I think that's the first time I've ever sneeze on this podcast. It's, it's just, it's going great. It's the ghost, band. Um, yeah, no, they they heard me questioning the the age of the house, and they're like, L- "We'll show you." So, um, how
1: do you feel about Utah on Black Friday? I, is that the biggest good. surprise of the schedule? I, I that that's wild to me for a lot of reasons.
0: Yes, just because. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, and I was just trying to think. Like the
0: shift back to Black Friday is cool, and it's yeah, like I agree. okay, well, feels you right. Think, like. It's going to be, and I guess it is a big matchup, but you just, it wasn't the matchup I would expect them to put on Black Friday.
1: No, especially because this isn't some wide-ranging thing. There's only one other Big 12 game on Black Friday. It's not like they're trying to take over that slate or something. What is it? It's a really good question that I should have the answer to, but oh. I've already forgotten what it was. No, I'm I sorry. Just,
0: I, I haven't, but a UCF schedule is the only Big 12 schedule I've seen because I've just been busy all day. But yeah, I, UCF-Utah is a weird enough matchup as it is. And for it to be on Black Friday at the Bounce House, it's just, I don't know. And if both teams have the seasons they probably think they're going to have, it might have like really high
1: stakes. I think part of the reason it's going to work is because I don't think there are two programs with a bigger God complex in this league than UCF and Utah. So I feel like that's going to make the game fun. But I, hold on. I want to see which other team has the Friday game, which uh, it is Colorado, Oklahoma State is the other Black Friday game. Ooh, okay which is also an interesting one, but I do agree is Utah, and which like I said, Utah and the athletics way too early poll is number nine. They return Cam Rising, who's been here for 12 years and are expecting to be very good. Their fans are, and, and administration, everyone are all in on, we are coming into the big 12 to win the league in year one, and it's not even going to be difficult. That's where their head is at. And UCF obviously has similar aspirations and whether UCF, fully meets those aspirations or not, or not, this conference is so even. It wouldn't surprise me if, if you're going to see a team that's like seven and two in is going to be playing for the big 12 title. And I feel like there is a high chance that that game has serious implications for at least one of the teams involved, possibly both. And that makes it really scary, but also kind of cool.
0: Utah coming in and thinking they're going to win the conference championship is like kind of crazy, but I also kind of believe them.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I hope they don't because their fans seem mean, but I, they, 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 I honestly kind of do think so. I think they are definitely, which is sort of funny. This is funny how much brands can change. And it's why I'm excited for UCF's future too, because let's not forget that Utah was a group of five team, what, 12 years ago, 13 years ago. And they were a group of five power similar to what UCF was in the AAC, similar levels of success. And they went from group of five team being added in the last round of realignment to a power five conference to of the four teams joining the pack of joining the big 12 from the Pac 12, Utah was the big brand get. It was like, Oh, Utah's coming in. The team that's gone to the Rose bowl two out of the last three years, the team that wins the Pac 12 all the time is really good. And it's that makes me, it shows that the group of five teams that have had success can build up, but yeah, I mean, they're probably, what are they, if we're going to rank brands in the new big 12, are they like top four? Yeah. I don't know how to pull apart Colorado from Dion because Colorado was a nothing team. It's not, a, as it's far not as a big brand, so yeah. I don't. Yeah, I just. I mean, I would put like Oklahoma State feels like number one to me. Um, Probably right. Yeah, I would. I mean, we're talking football, so yes,
0: I. Th- yeah, football. Football's so. what I'm talking about. I think so. God, with doing a brand ranking
1: podcast. Like, let's just rank the brands of the Big Twelve. I feel like that would be extraordinarily difficult because I think a it, lot of these no, are I, super, I don't think super,
0: I could super close. I don't think I could do it. I think it would, I think it would be like T one, and then just everybody tied <laughs> for first. I don't tied know. for
1: first. Oklahoma State, TCU, Utah. I, I feel like it, like a year ago I would have put Baylor in there. I I, I don't know. I, yeah, Kansas State. I don't know. It's hard. I don't want to do this. Never mind. West Virginia should yeah. be in there if they were better. I, I this no. I don't want to do this. This is hard. Let's just not. I just, I, I'm I'm starting like it's it's what you tweeted. It's the
0: thing about like you can look at it and be six and 3 and three through the first sixteen. I'm looking at this and I'm like. They, I can see them losing so many of these games, or I yeah. could see them winning so many of these games. Like, I look at that, I look at TCU and Colorado, and I'm like, they could lose both of those and be 0 and 2 in conference going into Florida. And I don't know, I it's just that Florida game being where it is, too, is just so weird. Would it like, would it be, wouldn't it be, it would be better, right? If it was the beginning of the season, if it was number like the second game or third game, you would think, or, or would, is it good because UCF will have played four games by then and will kind of have everything you would think ramped up to where they want it to be.
1: I would not want them to go, I don't know, I doing New Hampshire then Sam Houston then Florida seems crazy. Like I wouldn't want that. Or my like hope: New Hampshire and then Florida and then Sam Houston. Like you don't so, want yeah. to do that. So here's my self well not selfish. My my way of looking at it is Florida's slate before the UCF game is Miami, Samford, Texas A&M and at Mississippi State. They could be one in 3 going into the UCF game. And if that's why I don't mind where it is in the schedule, because if Florida's at the point where the lot, like everyone knows that Napier's a dead man walking and the locker room starting to come apart, that's a big. And if UCF is surging and is coming in four and zero or three and one, that's advantageous. So I'm I, I don't hate where it is because Napier's Florida football career may already be coming to a close by the time that game rolls around. So that's why I'm okay yeah.
0: with. Yeah. If they're one and three, so who'd
1: you say those opponents again? If you have them still, Miami, okay, Samford, okay, Texas A and M. Okay. At Mississippi State.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I think most likely out of that, they're probably two and two. Probably two and two. But if they're one and three and they lose to UCF, he's fired. After he's that done. Game. He's done after yeah. that game. And
1: I think that UCF going three straight seasons, getting a coach fired would be really special. Wait. Well, maybe it's mean, but it'd be special. What is mean, but it's also special. Three straight seasons. Wait, why am I blanking on who they got fired? Uh, Wait, now I'm blanking and I said it. Did I get the stat wrong? They got... um. What do you call it? <laughs> I know who it was for 2022. There was someone for 2023. Was there not? Or was it Holgerson? That it was Holgerson, Yes, yes. Right? Okay, thank you. Yeah, it was Jeff Holgerson. Collins at Georgia Tech in 2022. And it was Dana okay. That's funny. We each had one, but because I said that because I know the stats right, but I'm, I was totally blanking on who it was in 2023. Yeah, they got Jeff Collins fired after the Georgia Tech game in 2022. They got Dana Holgerson fired after the Houston game in 2023. And now they'll get Billy Napier fired after the Florida game in 2024. Do you know how messed up my brain is? You said Holgerson. And I was like, but they lost to West Virginia. Like, I'm, I just totally blanked for a second and went back to like yeah. six years ago when he was West Virginia's coach. But yeah, so that's why I'm okay with, with where it's at. I, I do just, I don't know, I- I feel like we can talk about the schedule all night long and we can talk about the Big 12 slate. And I still feel like whether UCF wins the Big 12 or plays for the Big 12 title or doesn't come close, so much of how people view Malzahn and and the season as a whole is going to be what happens in that Florida game. I think, and this is dumb, but I think there is a reality where UCF plays for the Big 12 title, but if they didn't beat Florida, there's still people who are just going to be really upset about the season no matter what.
0: I don't think there'll be a lot of people though. I, I I have a hard time seeing that as crazy as UCF fans are, if they're playing for the big 12 title in year two and yeah, they lost to Florida. Like, I don't know.
1: I'd have a hard I have don't time know, man. S- now remember win. I said playing for not win because that, yeah. I, I mean, I just feel like if that happens, like say UCF goes, say they go nine and three, they drop Florida, they drop Utah and they drop at Iowa state and they make the big 12 title game at seven and two. Maybe they rematch with Utah. And they lose, and they also lost Florida. So now they're nine and four. Twitter's just going to be like, "What a season of missed opportunities! Like they were so close to beating Florida or beating Utah to go to the playoff, and they didn't do it." Like that'll be the narrative. Yeah,
0: I I I think so. But
1: which would be ridiculous because playing for the Big Twelve title in year two would ge- genuinely be the most rapid ascent of any college football program in the history of the sport to go from group of five team to playing for a a a, a power five or power four, whatever we're calling it now, conference title in year two. No one's ever done that, so that would be a success no matter what happens in the game, but I also know how this fan base is, so it would not feel that way if they lost to Florida and then they lose that game.
0: It would be toxic, and you know, I just thought of the most toxic scenario possible is losing to Colorado and Florida and back-to-back, or not Colorado and Florida, Florida and, Florida Cincinnati, and Cincinnati, Cincinnati and back-to-back weeks. Oh, yeah. I
1: hadn't thought about that. Oh, I don't that think would it would
0: happen. Bad. I don't think it would happen, but if it did, there would be a lot of people that are
1: like, all right, get out of here, Gus, it's time to go. I would have to delete Twitter probably i'd be be done i yeah i can't even imagine that which but you said the whole gus get out of here i'm in that camp now of not like gus get out of here but i but and we'll talk about this more next week we're going to get into i wrote a i wrote a column this past week and a lot of you didn't like it which whatever i didn't even really like take a side i just listed what you yeah yeah,
0: that's the funny part is like you took you didn't take a side you it presented the whole thing like why this could be good why this could be bad you texted me you're like hey i want you to read this before i post it i texted or I, i read it i was like it looks good People aren't going to like it. And then people didn't like it. And like, I don't think you were necessarily surprised. But part of me feels like you were like the Pokemon meme where he was like, where Pikachu was like, (laughs) (laughs) because I told you, I was like, people aren't going to like this. And you're like, and I said, you're going to get a lot of people angry at you and arguments on Twitter. And I was like, well, that's not, that's not anything that you aren't prepared for and can't handle. You're i was welcome. the
1: pikachu meme because i knew i was going to get in arguments on twitter over the article i didn't think the arguments were going to be with the guy who runs the kingdom so like that was where the pikachu meme thing came in but anyway all that being i'm not talking about we're not doing that on this podcast we'll get into okay. that a little bit next week but i um but yeah anyway i wrote that column and, and people were upset that i've suggested that you know there are concerns about next year that are worth discussing because as i've said on this podcast a million times we don't exist to be cheerleaders not every decision ucs makes is automatically the right decision we'll talk about where we are skeptical things but anyway all that being said i have some things to say next week uh, next week's going to be a really interesting podcast because i have a lot to say too and i I worry how it's going to go but i also feel like where i stand is totally fair and i also feel like i'm never ever and because now we are going to get into a little bit i've been worried about how this offseason is going to go because i think it's a very scary spot to be in when the entire fan base is all in on ucf is going to be 11 and one next season and a lot of media who cover the team are very in on like UCF is going to be 11 one next season. And I don't feel the same way. And I worry about being the podcast that does that all off season. Like I'm afraid of the concept of people are going to not want to listen because we're being more critical. And I really just think it's more critical thinking than actually being critical. But also the whole point of the podcast is we've said a million times, we're not cheerleaders. We're not going to ever censor what we say or act like we're more excited for something we're not. So we're going to do it. We'll see what happens. But all of this was to say, as far as Gus Malzahn in this season, when you said people will be out on him. I'm a little more in that boat now just because he set it up that way. They have no, yeah, publicly and privately basically put all their chips on the table and said, this is the year. So if it's not that, since Gus Malzahn has gone all in on this is the year, I think that whatever criticisms you're ready to hurl at him will be completely fair because he set up the season that way. They – were on a trajectory similar to what Utah and TCU and past teams have been on when they made a the leap. They took themselves off of the trajectory and said, we are going to try to fast-track this and try to be better faster. That comes with risks. If it doesn't work out, criticism is fair at that point. Gus Smalls, I mean, I don't know. If they get into year four and, and they have a bad year this coming year, especially since they went all in, that's, yeah, that's tough. That's tough, and it's going to be a lot to talk about.
0: Here's how my brain works. You said it comes with a lot of risks, and I just thought of Dylan.
1: <laughs> it comes with exactly one risk name is dylan i was thinking um, a little bit ahead because we're getting now we have the the spring dates for uh spring ball about yeah. stuff to talk about and i'm fascinated with who qb2 is going to be that's not a discussion to have right now We're talking about the schedule but i've been thinking more about that i've no idea. i feel like it's gonna be risk but maybe it's not i don't know new offense coordinator who knows i'm so
0: i uh, i don't want to get into the, the staff changes but i'm i have things to we're start. not we're doing another He's we're, new offensive coordinators it's, it's Gus calling the plays again
1: which underrated part of if you don't know what I'm talking about when I said the whole kingdom thing, I I wrote the call I wrote this column about how UCF has made a ton of changes and they blew up the coaching staff and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. And I listed reasons it could work out, and I listed reasons that it could not work out, and I said, which is the honest truth, I'm still not sure where I fall on it. Well, I think next week's podcast will be interesting, is that I there's moves they've made. I feel really good about There are moves. They've made a very skeptical of. I'm not all in one way or the other, but anyway, the SJ 2 e who runs the kingdom got involved because I said in my tweet that they blew up the coaching staff and he replied and said, no, they didn't X amount of coaches have been here for four years or whatever. And I just replied and said, you know, they, they demoted the offense coordinator, and hired a new offense coordinator. They demoted the defense coordinator, and hired a new defense coordinator. They fired the linebackers coach. They fired the strength coach. They fired the wide receivers coach. They brought in a new cornerbacks coach like that. I don't know how it's you refer to that. But anyway, he replied and said, and this was very interesting. He said something along the lines of, well, it's going to be the same OCN play caller as it was by the end of last season. Which is so Gus was calling plays last season, is what SJ2 We just did on of it. Twitter.
0: By the end of last season, yeah. Which
1: isn't a surprise to a lot of you. So you're right, Gus Malzahn is calling plays again. But I I well, like I said, well, there's just too much to get into to do half a podcast on that. So we'll just get into a lot more. More like, okay.
0: Yeah, we will. I'll save it. It's fine. Um what else what else from the schedule do you want to get like what I'm trying to say what the what the worst not worst but like most difficult stretch is. I think it's, it's probably it's good. It's good
1: the second bye week comes at a good time because they have it after the trip all the way to Arizona State. I was gonna say I think November is the the bad part of the schedule because you host it's, just your yeah. month in November is Arizona, who's trying to win the Big 12. Then at Arizona State, who's not good, and actually I'm going to say that's the game I probably feel the best about because Arizona State's been pretty chronically bad, but it's still a long road trip. Then you're at West Virginia, who's also trying to win the Big 12, and they're a very tough place to play, and then it's Utah, who's also trying to win the Big 12. It's just a really not fun time, and what sucks about it even more is it feels like this schedule is potentially set up for where UCF's going into November like – seven and one or something and we're feeling like they did it and then they just crumble because of how backloaded it is it's like the opposite of the season where instead of ending on a high note you just lose like final games i
0: could easily see them going one and three in that in november
1: yeah and I, if that, that happens moves. i don't like that but i could see it we're
0: we're ending the season on a one and three stretch and the calls for goss's job are going to get as loud as probably they've ever been even though eight and four good like Eight and four in year two, solid. But if it's if it's like you said, if it's seven and one, which I don't know if it's gonna be seven and one going to November, but if it's seven and one, things are gonna feel really, really good around here until well, not in Mobile, Alabama, but around UCF. And if it's seven and one thing's are gonna feel good. And then if they go one and three with those games, it's it's gonna be toxic because it'll be eight and four, it'll be cool, but it'll be you fell apart down the stretch, you're a bad coach, leave.
1: And so much of it is the order it happens in, right? Because you're right. It'll just be that way. It's like we talked about how the difference between winning a bowl game and losing a bowl game is so dramatic, even though it means nothing just because it's that last note you're left with. Like, and I, and I think what you said is true because a natural trajectory, like if you told me before the 2023 season, you said it's going to the Big 12, then you go six and six in year one, then you go eight and four in year two. I'd be like, that tracks. That's good. They're improving. Yep. But you can't publicly hold a press conference where you call six and seven a total failure and why you're replacing both coordinators and then improve by two wins. They've just <laughs> raised the bar so high for themselves. It's like, I think anything worse than that and they on the schedule and next season is probably a failure. But the other thing about Gus Malzahn, I want to clarify, because you said people be calling for it. The way his contract is structured and the way his buyout is set up, UCF still can't fire him next year. Like they don't have the money yeah. to do so. Maybe you can bully him out of the job. Maybe like he'll, he'll just decide to retire, but yeah. that it, it would have to be Gus to be clear. Gus would have to decide, yeah, this isn't working I'm out versus, you know.
0: What's interesting oh, is fired. what you just said about the way it happens. Like if they would go eight and four and that's the way it happens. it To me, a lot of it was like how I felt this past season, where it was like I wanted them to get to six and six because I wanted them to get to a bowl game, be the best of the new four. You know, get to, yeah, get to a bowl game. Six wins in your first year in the Big 12, cool. But the way they got there just was the most annoying possible route, I think.
1: Yeah, because they Except, didn't win guess, for six weeks.
0: They exactly. took a giant so,
1: break from winning.
0: It, and then they, they ended on a better note. So it was like hard to be like okay, but if you look at the whole season, it's like I wasn't happy for a large stretch of the season. So it's like, yes, they did what I asked them to do, but how they got there was stupid and annoying. It'd be the same thing this year. It'd be like eight and four, but they went one and three down the stretch when they had a chance to be like in the mix for the title game. And it's like it's not. It's one of those things where it's like you go one and three in that in that stretch, and
1: it's like it's gonna be hard to blame them because like it's those are good teams, yeah. Of what we know now, it'll turn out that, you know, because it's also little things we're doing like at TCU. I'm just looking at that as uh, it'll be challenging, but they'll win it because TCU was five and seven last year. TCU played for the national championship the year before that. Like You just never, and they have a good coach in Stadex. You just don't know. There'll be some team on here that is supposed to suck and it'll be awesome. There'll be some team on here that's supposed to be awesome and it'll end up being like an easier game. Maybe turns out the Pac-12 was weak as hell and Utah can't feel the team. Who knows? That was an extreme example, but yeah. something along those lines. But it is funny because I'm thinking of the reverse of it. Like how would a season be viewed if say UCF starts really poorly? They they go eight and four, but say it's because they lost at TCU, they lost to Colorado, they lost at Florida, and they lost to Iowa State, but then they won their final five. One out from there. Like, are you still are are the fans still out on that season, or is it while wow, they had so much success down the stretch that you know we're feeling good about next season? Blah blah blah. I don't
0: know because it's not a perfect comparison, but the Bucks just did that. The Bucks, yeah, were, they were four and seven at the end of November, and everyone was like, "Get everybody, get him out of here," because they don't like the coach. And then they win five of six, make the playoffs, win a playoff game, play the second playoff game close, and I don't know. At this point, people are back off because the whole staff's been blown up by someone leaving. But I don't know. I I don't know.
1: Because I think part of what hurts it is how the guys who won't be back, I mean, KJ yeah. Jefferson, Kobe Hudson, R.J. Harvey on offense, on defense, Ricky Barber, like there's, yeah. you know, Lee Hunter. Is Lee Hunter have two years left or one year left? I it's time to start that, thinking you know. about that stuff. I don't really know where yeah. to have to get that ready for spring ball. But yeah, I feel like that's where the pitch kind of falls apart, right? Because UCF's been so open about we landed all these one year guys to sort of yeah. either bringing guys back or getting guys in the portal to put together, which that's a little, that's another reason that I'm a little skeptical of the strategy everyone else loved is that they're, there's, it feels like they're all in on 2024 to a fall to the point that I'm like, you guys know, you still have to play in 2025, too, right? <laughs> like you have to still be planning for another season past this. It's like the apocalypse isn't coming, but. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's interesting. The, I just worry because it's the big 12 is so damn tough and so much fricking parody. I mean, I, that schedule came out in every national media tweet from Ross Dellinger to any staples was just like, God, that league is it, it's like the most NFL league in college football. Cause they're also fricking similar. And that just means that there's going to be headaches for UCF this year. There's no reality where they come out and go 12 and 0 because I'm just not sure it's possible in this league for anybody.
0: I just had a thought. What's actually, I'm going to have to like think about more. Cause it's interesting to me is Yeah, they're building for 2024 to be such a big year, like you said, to a fault where a lot of these guys aren't coming back next year. But maybe they're thinking this is our year to maximize it. And by 2025, like the recruiting classes that have been so good that we've been building up, a lot of those guys we started to get ready to play. So maybe, yeah, we won't be as good in 2025 as theoretically we were in 2024 because we went all in, but we'd still be good enough to be, you know, to kind of keep looking like we're building this thing because we have. Younger guys playing, and there are recruits, and it's starting to get into the cycle of we have all these amazing, incredible recruits coming in. I don't know. I I don't know if that's how they're thinking about it. Probably not, because I don't know. If, well, I guess they probably do think that far in advance. but No, they do. And should and be clear,
1: the dream scenario for UCF, and it's why I'm still hopeful for this era and for Gus Malzahn and everything, is the recruiting class they just put together for 2024. It was the best class in program history. It was one of the best classes in the country. It outpaced the entire Big 12, except for literally Texas Tech. It was just light years ahead of everybody else. If they recruit like that, if they do a, a clone of the 2024 class every year, if that wasn't just, whoa, everything broke their way and they won every battle and the kingdom was on point with their NIL and more just that's what they're going to recruit from now on, they will eventually in three or four years just be better than most of those teams because the other yeah. teams in the big 12 don't recruit they would go from this league is full of parity to UCF is better than everybody i i know that sounds nuts to say but that is genuinely what would happen if they continue to recruit this clip so if the 2025 class is similar to the 2024 class then i'm i'm excited but let's and, just do yeah, that let's just do that yeah i wonder if UCF has thought of that of just recruiting all of the really good players they should try that they
0: probably they probably should i think they probably should do that i
1: want um, to say an interesting thing about recruiting war on that topic because the athletic okay. um wrote a story it was a which I, I this was a couple like a month ago at this point i posted part of it it was they interviewed a bunch of like 20 high level recruits from this class anonymously about why they chose where they chose all that and ucf came up because recruits were asked what were some of the craziest visits and someone called out ucf which is wild which matt michelle the orlando sentinel just wrote a story because ucf's fiscal year numbers came out for previous fiscal years this is 2022 season all that but UCF's recruiting expenses doubled from the 2022 fiscal year to 2023 and it's
0: the helicopters and cars
1: the helicopters not for the basketball team though enjoy your delta flights but um anyway and the okay, what I found time. interesting about the article was the recruiting article the athletic wrote was that of the I think it was 15 recruits they were asked if they went if they chose the school it offered them the most NIL money and of the 15 only one said yes and I thought that was really, really interesting. Now, some of the numbers were crazy. Like one of the players said, no, I ended up selling for a school that offered me $400,000, which, yeah. which is a lot of money more than UCF's offering. But I, I I feel like we got a little too... NIL is incredibly important. There's no doubt about it. But I think we've moved to an era where it's more important for retention than high school recruiting. And I think we maybe jumped the gun a little bit on getting a little too woe as me on what UCF can do in high school recruiting because of NIL limitations. I think they can get good players. Now maybe those players leave after year two when they've been really good And UCF can't afford to pay them, but hey, at least you had them for a couple of years.
0: Yeah. No, and I guess that would be one of those things where it's like almost the same thing where back when they had Frost, where it was like, yeah, it sucks that they lost their coach, but at least like they had a coach that was good enough to get like to be this attractive to another school. Like it's like, if they do have recruits like that that end up leaving because other schools are offering them more money. That means, like, they came in and and produced as freshmen and sophomores, which, like, doesn't happen a lot of places. So, it would be one of those situations.
1: And they've been doing, I mean, you look at last year's class and the fact that they had three guys already playing a ton and playing key roles in John Walker, Braden Marshall, and the other one, uh, Randy Pittman, lost his name for a second. Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> I mean that that implies they're recruiting well, and there yeah. are guys in the pipeline like Isaiah Nixon and Andrew Harris will hopefully be seeing this year. You hope this class maybe we'll be seeing Kylan Fox, maybe Bridell Richardson. I, I they're recruiting really well, and and that's exciting just for the future of this league. And it's such a freaking weird league. Like I'm just looking at at the schedule, and it's how do you even how do you even explain the November slate to? a fan from five years ago or even four years ago. It's like, yeah, they're going to play BYU, then Arizona, then Arizona state, then West Virginia, then Utah. How would you explain that to like a 2016 or 2017 UCF? fan? It made someone, I you said something
0: about that earlier about how UCF schedule being like, including BYU and like, I don't know if it was Arizona or Arizona state. And someone was like, I would have thought we got into the PAC 12. Yeah. Cause like you could see the PAC 12 adding BYU because they're, were, they're were out West and all that. And It's somehow UCF getting in the mix too, but like now the Pac 12 doesn't exist. The Big 12 is just this very weird, very fun conference where three of your four November games are against Arizona schools and Utah.
1: You just look at it as UCF's 2024 schedule. Homecoming is against BYU, the space game is against Arizona, and the Black Friday game is Utah. That's just weird to think about it in those days. Yeah. Let me ask you one more question on this. Okay. I'm going to, let's say, well, let's not say anything. Just you tell me. Cause I, cause someone asked me <laughs> about this earlier and I was curious cause I was trying to think about it. Say that UCF is fortunate enough to play in a game day game this year. What game will it be and why? Oh,
0: that's a good one. Um, I mean, without looking at other, other games on these like weekends.
1: Just, yeah, just got fit. We're not getting you, that scientific. Couldn't you
0: it. see, couldn't you see game day going to Florida?
1: Maybe. I don't know anything UCF about Florida. Yeah. Late. I don't know. I
0: don't know what October 5th is, but. UCF at Florida feels like – I don't want to say it would feel like a game day game because like, it's never happened before, but like it just it feels interesting enough to be be like, oh, UCF, a Big 12 member, is going to an SEC program in October. If Are you both pulling up the schedule off, that day?
1: I can't. It's not like posted on ESPN. Oh, no, that's true. You're right. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, if they both got off to strong starts, say UCF's undefeated and Florida's maybe lost one and there's nothing else shaking that weekend, I could see it. I could totally see So
0: so much of it just depends on the weekends Because you could see the Arizona game for the space game also being a game. That would be so much fun if if game day was the space game. But, like, I think those are my two answers. Florida and Arizona. You know, it's so funny,
1: too. I'm looking at the Georgia-Auburns on October 5th. But that might not have a lot of Jews just because... You know, eh, Auburn's Auburn looking for the SEC Texas. Oh, um, on a buy, yeah. I, 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 and honestly, I think my favorite part about that would be do you know how freaking pissed off Florida fans would be if they got a game day game and it's because they're hosting UCF? Like, they wouldn't know how to feel about it, they'd be excited, but also just livid that that's the last they time they it. hosted game
0: day you hasn't been any time recent. Like, yeah. Hasn't, I can't recall anything <laughs> recently. That's crazy. Um, the other I thing I was has gonna UCF say about schedule...
1: hosted it more recently than them. I wouldn't be surprised. No way. They have to have done it since then, right? But when? Like. They were good in 2020. Did they host maybe in 2020? Yeah, but it was
0: COVID. So, like, I don't know. I don't even remember what they did for the game day in 2020.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, either way, I mean, I point some... stands. It would be very. I, I I agree with you. And I don't know about, like, Arizona could maybe be another one just because depending on what's going on that weekend and if both teams seasons have worked out the way they were anticipating then yeah that could be a game where not only is it this god i want game day for a space game man i i that would be so cool like indescribably cool
0: like imagine that being a a game day game space game and a top 25 match like if ucs number 20 number 20 and arizona's number 11
1: now that Let's we've said it. this, it's gonna that game's gonna roll around. UCF and Arizona are both having horribly disappointed seasons. Yeah. Everyone hates the space uniforms. The stadium's half empty. Like it's just gonna be like the worst game of the season. Now that we've yeah, ended up like that, you
0: all hated the space uniforms last year until they beat number fifteen, Oklahoma State, forty-five to
1: three. I will was it never, forty-five to three, it I just said that score. Three. Yeah,
0: Oklahoma State did not score a touchdown. That's insane. Um, the last year I was played say...
1: seven space games, and they've won yes. three of them by forty points or more. What's the, what was the average, the average margin? 28.8.
0: Okay. Never mind. I'm going to ask you that question. What's the question? They so could, they match it, but I can, they they match it? can they match it? Can they match I, yes.
1: I believe they can, because I didn't believe they could beat big 12 runner up Oklahoma state 45 to three. And then they freaking did. So sure. I, yes, I think they could. I think they could. They beat temple I mean, by 57 the year before that. Like why not? Yeah.
0: I was going to say the last thing I wanted to say about the schedule is I think we've referenced it on the podcast before because the podcast is three years old now and we've been doing this for five or six years but this thing that we call the game where we go yes. through a we go through a schedule i'm not saying i want to do this because this is the point i'm going to make i don't think i can play the game with this schedule you, the, the game as I, was, as I was going to explain is you just go through a team schedule and you say whether it's a win or loss you see what you end up and it's got to be gut i don't know why it's called the game because I guess maybe the gut reaction part makes it a game, but all right, let's I can't play it right do it With the schedule, I can't do it.
1: Well, guess what's happening? We're going to do it. All, all right, right, fine. Let's start. New Hampshire yeah. on a Thursday night. Win. UCF is one and zero. How much did they? How much did they win by? What was the score?
0: Fifty-two. You, okay? They won uh, by fifty-two.
1: UCF is, I believe, paying New Hampshire three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Fifty-nine to seven. Okay. Um, Dylan Risk throwing a couple touchdowns in the second half. All right, Sam yeah. Houston. Win. Family weekend. Really, Sam Win. Houston is not an FCS team. Keep going. I don't That's care. It. That's it. Okay, I know that. Two zero. Yes. All care. right, they're two and zero. Um, at TCU. Gotta go. Come I'm on. Loss. I'm going lost. Okay, two and one lost to TCU. That's too bad. Bye week. Nothing happens. Colorado, Big Twelve home opener.
0: Win, I guess that doesn't feel right. It There's three right. and one,
1: and Dion said something really bad in the post game press conference that has been turned into a graphic by ESPN. Okay, three and one at Florida. Gotta go. Come on, loss. All right, three and two. The fans are rioting in the streets. The bounce house has been lit aflame. Okay, Cincinnati for military appreciation. Win. Good bounce back game. Four and two. People are reminding themselves that it's really about the Big 12 slate and not Florida. All right, (laughs) at Iowa State. Win. Five and two. BYU for homecoming. Win. Six and two, uh, they're probably like ranked or close to ranked now. There are celebrations and parades daily in Orlando. They're ranked, Arizona,
0: they're ranked or close to ranked. And this is a game day game against Arizona. <laughs> Arizona game day
1: game against Arizona. What are you putting?
0: I would say loss. It's it's hard to say that because it's the space game though. Like it's, I'm predicting their first ever space loss.
1: Six and loss. three, Gus Malzahn's car has been egged in the parking lot. Okay. At Arizona state. Win. Seven and three. Maybe things will be okay. At West Virginia. Loss. i know what you're thinking because I'm thinking too. Loss. loss seven and four okay utah black friday loss seven and five
0: <laughs> we could do this again right now and i get to 10 and two, 10 and two or something like that but this
1: is what i'm saying you're right we could we could literally just write I, I could do this with you tomorrow and we would come up with 10 and 2 it's just it, it there's we're also so many, doing this on january
0: getting, 30th so like
1: the rosters aren't just, even finalized you see it's yeah. going to come out of spring ball and realize they need a receiver i think they know that now but they'll have to go get a receiver they'll realize yeah. whoops the O line recruits we brought in, brought in suck. There'll be something like we just don't know. None of the rosters are finalized, but that's what's scary. Is yeah, they could go ten and two. They could also go seven and five. And the difference between seven and ten and two and seven and five could be a total of like three plays not working. Could it Could be Kobe Hudson drops a touchdown like that. That's how razor thin this league is. So it's every season is going to be stressful and scary. And that's they
0: went six fun. and six this year. They shouldn't have blown the Baylor game. They missed an extra point against Texas Tech to tie the game late. They, I mean, I know they shouldn't. I'm not like i am I going to say they should have won the Oklahoma game, but they missed a two point conversion against Oklahoma to potentially send that game to overtime because they ran a wide receiver pass. And Darren Henshaw said <laughs> Xavier Townsend has really got to get rid of that ball. Yeah, ask the wide receiver to get rid of the ball. Should
1: have known that. I wonder so who if was the calling thing, the like, plays for that game. Since now we don't know. It was, was it? Yeah. I mean, I, that's
0: the thing is. So someone, we'll get into it next week. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I, I just want, I, I so keep much trying to, to say about We it. decided
1: ahead of time because I said we originally, okay, so originally we were going to do half schedule podcast, half breaking down all the staff changes because a lot of those have happened since we last had a podcast. I said to Bailey, I just have way too many things to say on all that to do that and half of a pod recording in the middle of the night. So we'll have to push into next week. And then I said that to you. And now I have four different times tried to push us into that conversation <laughs> while we're talking about the schedule. So that's on me and I apologize
0: yeah yeah we'll we'll save it for next week but is there anything else about the schedule that you want to say before we get into the very little football news
1: that we have um yes i think that there are some lovely uniforms that will be worn on the schedule just from the way the games break i think it'll be very nice so yeah cool i'm not giving Um, you mine we put up a twitter thing because bailey wanted me to i so i'll do once i get the schedule my favorite thing is to then come up with what uniforms i would have them wear for each game and then i'll do that probably 30 or 40 times over the course of the offseason but that's not for like that's not for sharing that's just that's just give me me. one
0: can we have one just a little teaser (sighs)
1: which game do you want um byu byu i did blackout with the night mode jersey but i said use the chrome gold scripts nights decal to mix it up from the last couple years okay okay so nice. the, the I reason like i don't like doing this also is because my and i've said this before on the podcast one of my biggest pet peeves on twitter is that uniforms are completely opinion and there is no one uniform combo that makes sense for a game it's there are plenty of combos that can make sense for each game and nothing infuriates me more than when people invent their own combos and then get mad when ucf does not wear the combos they invented on their own and are like why didn't you wear white pants because that's what i had so i I don't like putting mine out there because i think it's dumb. but anyway that, there you go i've given you one Ooh, congratulations thank you I you're welcome listeners
0: it. um Let's get into the football news. And this is not one of the staff hires we're talking about next week, so I can shoehorn it in here. UCF hired Morris Henry as Associate Director of Athletic Performance. Actually, I actually have a lot to say that about means. that next week. Oh, do you really? No, I, don't, no, I didn't even oh, see that, to was, be honest, until right oh, okay, now. Yeah. Um, it was one of the many. I think that's a, like an assistant like,
1: strength coach, basically, right? Is that welcome that is? to uh, athletic performance.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I have I no so. idea. Uh, UCF Spring Practices have been set um i I have the dates here on on the outline i'm not going to read them all out because no one can go to them anyway it's not like they're open um so yeah a lot of spring practices in march and april um the spring game though is set for april 12th i have to look i haven't had a chance because i'm not home i have a chance to look at my calendar to see if i can make it to that but i would really like to so
1: I missed last year's spring game because I was on a cruise, which you'll probably remember yes. if you've listened to this podcast back Because then. I you're annu- I complaining that you're going on a cruise. I announced on Twitter yeah. today that I will be at the spring game. I have a friend who wants to go on a cruise that weekend now. Well, you got you have to say no. We'll see.
0: I kind of want to told go. You told the podcast listeners and your followers that you would be there.
1: I don't know if it's going to happen. This is a flaky friend, so we'll see. Maybe it won't. God, I hope they don't listen. Um, they, Maybe it'll work. Who out. is it? I'm not saying who it is. I'm not outing my friends' names. It's it's no one you're friends with. Well, okay, fine. Tell me <laughs> after the podcast. I, I'm curious. Um,
0: I didn't have this on the outline, but the last piece of football news is being here in uh, Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Saw Javon Baker today. Didn't get to talk. I, I got to talk to him, but didn't get to like actually interview him. Because... Wait,
1: I didn't know this. You did talk to him. So here's the thing.
0: Honestly, the media like so the media access after practices is so insanely just here come limited. The no, dead serious. Here's here's the hopefully what's going to happen the rest, the rest of the week. So they confine us to, like, I wouldn't even say a quarter of the field, like a really small part of the field. And if a player doesn't cross over into where I am or, like, where we are, there's nothing I can really do about it. So Javon, we only get 10 minutes after each practice. So Javon, after the first practice today, was nowhere to be found, first of all. I thought, he like, I thought he was already in the locker room or something like that. So I'm, like, looking around and I'm scanning, I'm scanning. Can't find Javon. And then eventually, like after the horn already blares, finally I see Javon coming up. He crosses over to where I can actually talk to him. Two guys jump in front of me, start talking to him. So we like... Media, whatever media agents, people are like, like walk and talk. Like you guys get got to get off the field. it's so like we're walking. The three of us are walking with Javon Baker. These guys won't shut up and stop asking him about stupid things. I don't know what they even asked them. They're probably good questions. um And so finally, and like, like Javon, walking. have you
1: ever wanted to kill a DB? <laughs>
0: Javon's going toward the locker room, and I'm like, that's the opposite direction of where I'm supposed to be going. So I'm like, I'm not about to get yelled at again. So I told Javon, I was like, hey, I was like, I'm gonna try to find you tomorrow. Um you know, I, I went to UCF, we'll talk, and he's like, he's like, oh, bet, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. So, like, the hope is whether it's after practice tomorrow, which is also going to be crazy in 10 minutes, there's also, like, an actual media day sort of thing where la- the way it was last year was everybody, all the players were in a ballroom, and they were kind of just sitting at tables, and you could just talk to whoever you wanted to. That seems So more that's ideal. seems like where hopefully I can get to talk to Jayvon Baker, so. What are you going to do I will tell you right now. There are things that people want me to ask him that I cannot ask him on the record. You will, can though. That. You can not on the record.
1: Not on the record, but you can ask them.
0: Yeah, there are things that I'm going to ask him probably off the record that I would like to know. But there can are you ask that him I'm...
1: one question for me?
0: Is it on the record, off the record? What is it? on the record? What is it? Favorite I'll tell uniform? you the. I'll,
1: I'll tell you the off the record podcast or questions off the podcast. But the on the record yeah. question I would like you to ask him is: I want to know his favorite uniform combination that he wore while at UCF, and he's not allowed to pick the Houston combo
0: the houston combo yeah
1: why would he pick that one he came up with the helmet for that one so he's gonna pick it so he's oh, not allowed okay. to pick that one so tell me he can't pick that game and i want to hear it okay all right
0: i think i i forget i think he was wearing like the the black helmet with like the chrome gold stack ucf it looked really good if i'm not mistaken i think that's what he was wearing i think today. you're right cause because i saw
1: the... a video of him with a catch yeah
0: to... Yep. made a really good catch like he, he had a good practice he bottled it i don't oh, know i think i don't care get a little crazy um, <laughs> no i don't care people like it's i think he's gonna have a huge week and people are already kind of like it was funny because he had his measurables come out on monday and I, I went to the quote tweets to see like draft people were saying and a lot of people were like one like one of my guys to watch this week like one he's gonna his yeah. stock's gonna go up gonna go up and i'm like nice and then the quote that came out on on tuesday night of him saying when he lines up, he wants to kill a DB. I was about to that's say extraordinary he's already, quote. He's already gone up. He's already gone up boards because of that. I'm telling you right now. So, yeah, Javon and, and Gabe Davis both
1: thriving in the league at the same time is going to create like such a false impression of what UCF has turned out at wide receiver the last couple of years, and I think that's really exciting for narrative pushing and also for recruiting.
0: This is off topic, but I'm curious where what where Gabe goes.
1: Yeah, because he's definitely leaving, right? I don't really. I you know, so. I don't follow the NFL as close as you do. His contract is up
0: so he's a free agent and I don't know. I mean, there's stuff that like you gets probably blown up. And like, I know he was yelling him and fans were yelling back and forth at each other right. after they lost. He wasn't even playing in that game. So I'm not even sure like, people were yelling at him, but, but I don't know. I think like there were things this year where a lot of people were upset with him because I don't know. He got like, I don't, I, I don't watch enough bills games closely enough to know people were like blaming him for a lot of Josh Allen's interceptions. Yeah. And so I would have to watch to like, actually know if that's like legit but yeah, I don't know, it just feels like probably It felt like he
1: was becoming a bit of a scapegoat where it was just they're playing the offense isn't performing well. It's because yeah, it's stupid. It game feels
0: games. like he'll probably move on to go somewhere else. So. So the Chicago Bears. It's Christian's team because why, is... Christian?
1: Uh we don't have to say why. That's my team though. And it has been for years now. So <laughs> All right.
0: Oh, I won't I won't pry. Um let's get to game of the week. Game of the week is UCF men's basketball. They're twelve and seven, three and four in the Big Twelve. They have a game before this game of the week, but we're making it this one. Uh, they play at home on Saturday against number 23, Oklahoma, who I haven't checked the final of their score tonight, but I think they were up pretty big on K-State. So I'm going to say they're 16-5, and 4-4 four and four in the Big 12. Um, that game is Saturday at 4 o'clock at Edition Financial Arena. You might be asking, why are we doing Game of the Week um, as this game instead of the game against the higher-ranked team, which is Wednesday night against Baylor, number 18, Baylor. Um, it's because... Christian and I are going to be at the game on Saturday. That's right. And this is our podcast, and we can do whatever we want. So <laughs> game of the week is the game against the lower-ranked team. The fact that it's just two – like, I was talking at dinner, because my boss I said this before, my boss went to Kansas State. We're talking about Big 12 basketball at dinner tonight. And it's just like every night is a, is a top-25 game for, like, a given team. Like, yeah. the game that was on at the, at the bar, I think, was – Texas Tech. Yeah, I have I the slate, from
1: the, the Big 12 slate from tonight. From they said three games on tonight. It was number eight, Kansas versus Oklahoma State. Number 15, Texas Tech versus number 25, TCU. And number 23, Oklahoma yeah. versus Kansas. I've said it before, and it's I know it's not like a thing I invented. It's a common saying, but the Big 12 for men's basketball is what the SEC thinks it is for football. It's yeah. just insane it's nothing but two
0: home games this week for ucf and they're both against top 25 teams like four straight
1: games coming against top 25 teams which they could reasonably lose all of those and then our happy little feelings on the basketball team will be over and everything will be sad
0: but hey we got uh is it next week no might be the week after no it is next week softball starts next week so can i say one more basketball thing yeah
1: we got seven games into big 12 play before they lost two in a row That's actually crazy. That's insane. Like just from what we thought this offseason, that's insane. (laughs) But yeah, softball is right around the corner, and I'm super freaking excited to see what softball can do in the Big 12. I think that's going to be a ton of fun.
0: We'll have more than just men's basketball as an option for Game of the Week because Lord knows women's basketball is not an option for Game of the Week right now.
1: They lost Um, quite badly to West Virginia tonight. so Things are not going well. Might be time to be talking about a change change in leadership uh, for that program.
0: Uh, Yeah, Tweet of the Week.
1: Tweet of the week. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you're on Twitter, you're probably thinking tweet of the week is going to be me and SJ2E's, I don't know, discussion. That's the okay, people that happened. And you'd be wrong because I really don't want to, like, make more of that. I'd rather just not because, you know, he, like, runs a multi-million dollar organization that decides whether UCF can field a competitive team or not. So I'm just going to not go farther into that. And also he fights with UCF fans all the time on Twitter. So you can just find another one. Instead, I'm going positive for Tweet of the Week this week because we do this sometimes. And I have to give a giant shout out to the UCF content team for both of their schedule reveal videos. There was the... Awesome Office-style schedule release video they posted earlier that shouted out Cyclone Larry several times and was just a huge hit on Twitter. And then as if that was enough, they then dropped the Simpsons version tonight, which I think a lot of people liked even more than the original. I haven't even seen album. that one yet.
0: I saw it's, the thumbnail for it, but I haven't been able to watch it.
1: So it has to be AI or something. It's like a fully written song. It's to that Taylor Swift song. It's the one that the name I can't ever remember. Uh, it's like, um mm, uh, it's like her old one that's really famous. That's not going to help. It's like where Romeo's throwing pebbles and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? That one love story? Sure, yeah, that one. Yeah. I think it, I think that's what's to that. It's to that, but it's Homer Simpson singing about UCF schedule, and the lyrics are like really good. And I don't know if they used AI I need to or see what. This. And then it's all matched to Simpsons clips that correlate to each game it, it was even better than the than the skit one from earlier so i just huge shout out to ucf football for releasing the two best schedule release videos today and both of them are doing numbers and awesome i was joking because i said i feel like the first one was for like our generation and the simpsons one is for the older generation ucf fans it's to kind of like keep both happy but just huge shout out to the content team those videos were i i was it made today so fun they were just so fantastic yeah no, they're
0: they are just the best around, and it's it's awesome.
1: I think it's I, good I to just... mix in a positive tweet of the week every now and then too, just yeah. to like keep people on their toes. You know,
0: stay too negative all the time, like you're just gonna just start to feel it. You know, people say that I'm an optimist, so I sure do. <laughs> um, let's get out of here before Christian says anything more optimistic than that. <laughs> um, we want to thank everyone for listening and for bearing with us. And if you came back after last week's podcast, then you're just a real one um but keep leaving us your five star reviews because we have earned them believe it or not we've earned them um please submit your questions we like, like getting, get to get your questions what is what we earned five star reviews we're great we're great okay. at this optimism you um, you
1: you phrase that as if there's been some conversation about how we haven't earned our five star reviews like and you're fighting against that notion
0: maybe there has maybe there's a narrative out there that I'm fighting i don't know my favorite um,
1: review we've ever gotten was I think two years ago now when someone left one star in the the entire review was listen to Sons of UCF instead. Still my favorite. Thanks, Trace. No, it wasn't Trace. (laughs) It was, okay, so the name on it was Trace Boom, and I immediately uh, messaged Trace (laughs) Trelko from Sons of UCF and said, I see through you're a burner. And he he was like, ha ha. I remember because he was like, ha ha, and then I think an hour later he messaged and was like, you know that wasn't really me, right? And I'm like, yes, I, I know that you did not actually leave the review.
0: We got one review one time that like I think confused who we were because the one thing they said about you, what like was, or the one thing they said about me, made it like it it was more way more applicable to you. I think I think they were talking about you, but they were like, I don't know, I I don't don't know if I remember. It was something that's my ego, but it was like.
1: They said it was something like, Christian's takes are great, but Bailey is just so all over the place, I get sick of it. And we were yeah, both and, and like, and it, it that like, doesn't I match said, like, <laughs> Bailey is
0: whiny. Like, Bailey is, like, takes all over the place and is whiny. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't feel like I whine that much. More I don't feel like, like you me. whine that much
1: either. But, no, I, I whine. Know. I whine. I'll own that. Okay. I, I get a bit whiny on the podcast.
0: But anyway. Oh, yeah. All right. We'll be back next week with, with episode 191, where we will have a lot of things to say about the coaching oh, yeah. staff changes and the direction UCF's going in in 2024. But until then, you can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCA Simmons, at Night Sports Now, and at Pegasus Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.